0: Toleration, be the love before pride and be the, love. Be the love.
1: you are listening to be the love transcending through the shadows into a higher state of consciousness we are souls on the journey opening up the conversation to heal awaken and connect ourselves and the planet to a higher vibration of love frequency. It starts with you. Everything you need is within you. This is your time. I am Stacy Musial.
2: And I am Sam Fernandez. And we are your co-hosts at Be The Love Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and ascending with us. Hop on board the Ascension Bus. This is Adrienne Elise of the Supernova Soul Tribe. So this is Nicholas David Mann. This is Dr. Brent Satterfield of Inner World Movement, author of Bringing Heaven Home.
1: Hi, this is Dana Parker with Inner World Movement.
2: Hi, my name is Steve Nabel. Here I am with Stacey and Sam on
1: Be The Love Podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Be The Love, transcending through the shadows. I am Stacey Musiel and a soul on the journey. And so thank you so much for tuning in this week. And if you've enjoyed listening to our show, we'd be so grateful for a five-star written review on iTunes. Reviews really help our show become more visible and spread the word to others. And if it feels safe for you, I'd like to begin by taking a moment to get centered with us. I'd like to begin by inviting you to take a beautiful cleansing breath in through your nose and out through your mouth releasing anything that is keeping you from being present and take another deep breath in through your nose, breathing in calm, peaceful, loving energy and breathing out anything you are ready to release and take one more breath into your nose, breathing in light and love for yourself and breathing out that light and love and sending it to all of humanity remembering that you always, always have your breath to come back to. Today, we have Ron Interpreter. Ron is a member of the Navajo Nation, the maternal relations of the White Streak in a Rock of the San Carlos Apache tribe, and parental relations of the many goats, clans of the Navajo tribe. He's originally from the community of Forest Lake located on Navajo Nation. As an intuitive practitioner, Ron is motivated by an individual's commitment of deepening their personal health and spiritual well being. An accomplished Reiki master, Ron facilitates a healing modality he calls Beji Zoni, Beauty Within, a divine state of being in which the alignment of consciousness and spirituality is attained by setting positive intentions, practicing self love, initiating self discipline to create an abundant and healthy lifestyle. Infused with Navajo and Usui Reiki traditions, Ron empowers clients to manifest a positive identity to heal their chakra energy to sustain a positive physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being. Certified as a Usui Reiki master and NCBTMB instructor, Ron has over 25 years of experience in energy work, herbal treatments, and life coaching services, as well as facilitating large production events and social conscious movements. Ron brings a synergistic yet assured presence to ensure a space of sanctuary that encourages a healthy social exchange within the community. So thank you so much for being here today with us, Ron.
2: Thank you for the invitation. It's great to be here. Yes.
1: Absolutely. I'm excited to um, have this conversation. So tell us a little bit about what led you to where you're at today. What was that catalyst for you? (laughs) Um,
2: I think the majority of my opening myself to the public, when it comes to practitionership and energy work began in 2015. Uh, Prior to that, uh, my life was very private. Uh, Being Navajo, being Native American, I was born into a community, a culture, a society where we practice our spiritual practices, our ceremony, our personal development, all for ourselves and we're born into the tradition. So it is a daily, it's a daily activity. Mm -hmm. And there's no distinction between I'm going to be doing my shadow work and then I'm going to be Mm -hmm. vibrating high at a high frequency. There was no distinction between that. It was a daily life. It was everything that we did. It's the way we held ourselves. It's in the demeanors, the attitude. It's in the breath that we take. It's in every activity that we plan to do it it, we began the day in prayer and and um, it was just a natural process to expect ceremony to happen and getting all the uh, things prepared for ceremony and you know facilitating it and it was just a natural every day like we were going to sit with our uncles and our aunties and they were going to share the stories the healing stories they share the medicine the different herbs so up until about 2015, I did it for myself. And then uh, when I vent- eventually had my kids, it became a natural responsibility to sh- me sharing that with them and helping them in their personal journey. So it was, very, it was a very private piece. And um, in 2015, I made a, uh, a commitment to open myself up and my way of life and created a modality called Peh And I sat with my elders in that time uh, because I have a really personal interest in seeing people uh, be successful. And that's what I did uh, through my business practice as a business consultant and continue to do that too today is helping businesses thrive and businesses are made up of individuals. uh, And there's a hierarchy from the owner all the way down to the employee. So having all of these different systems like accounting, marketing, uh, human resources, all of these things are tools, they're medicines to help individuals work together, collaborate together, and offer, offer a service that the business is uh, providing. And so I've been doing that for like uh, 25 years or so, and just love to witness business thrive, have individuals perform very well. Within the, within the structure of business.
0: Hmm. And
2: so I started doing personal consultations with some of these executives. And these executives said, man, you, you do this really well on a personal level, on personal topics, you should consider life coaching. And so that happened like around 2014, they said, you should look into life coaching. So I explored that, I had no idea what this was about and uh, what life coaching it, it had no idea what did it exist and no one no, so I looked into it and found this whole world of life coaching the and you can actually do it as a business so my entrepreneur spirit kicked in and uh, went to my elders talked to them about this accessing my Navajo heritage what do I need to do And so working with my elders, they said, it's really important that you don't sell our culture and our traditions, but it's okay to help people. Mm -hmm. You know, that's part of your first clan, your first clan as white streak in Iraq, you know, that's their responsibility. That's their commitment to humanity is to help out with ceremony, to help out with personal development, to help humanity grow through the use of medicine. And they said, um, Let's create something that is the foundation of our traditional ways, but in a modern way, deliver it in a modern way. And so we sat and we came up with different protocols, different techniques. And Ben Chijana was created, which is uh, my modality of working with individuals through life coaching to get uh, three outcomes. One, uh, personal development, having them see themselves go through a process of uh, developing their their attributes their skill sets help them find their genius help them find their purpose in life and then the other is emotional release uh, getting beyond their limitations and frustrations and getting beyond their traumas to have a more uh, emotional healthy emotional outcome and then the third is spiritual awareness helping them uh, gain a sense of awareness, uh, having those beautiful aha moments and seeing them realizing they're bigger and aligned with the universe. So it's three things that, I, so that's what Pea is about. And I went and, get my, I went and got my certification through life coaching and uh, also uh, UC Reiki. Um, so the inspiration is really coming from me as an individual being born into a way of life being born into a way of existence uh, the spirit behind my ancestors and their teachings and uh, you know the way of life of how I lived uh, growing up going to college uh, being an athlete in college and eventually being a business owner and being a father uh, to three beautiful kids so that was the inspiration and um, that's how uh, I come to this is I love to witness humanity um, change. I love to witness individuals aspire to things that they want in their lives. And uh, so that's kind of how I came to it. And it all happened in 2015 when I opened up my personal life coaching business called Behejjona. And Mm -hmm. from that, I started marketing and advertising. And to this day, I do one-on-one sessions uh, I do group sessions and I also host uh, retreats uh, all over the country. Mm. And uh, so that's what brought me to to doing this.
1: That sounds like such a beautiful journey. I'd love to hear more about the work you do with clients and the Bejizoni that you've created and, and what that looks like. You w- talked about the three principles. And so it sounds like you would have a lot of people just coming into their own sovereignty with that process and awareness and awakening. And so tell us a little bit more about what that looks like for your clients.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a really great word to use, sovereignty in the way that you're expressing it. And um, sovereignty really has a lot to do with an individual's making a personal choice. For themselves, it comes from them, and um, sometimes sovereignty is uh, also not making those choices by ignoring, (laughs) you know, the the things that are happening in your life, and and denying the existence of what needs to happen. So it it comes out both in a healthy way and also in a unhealthy way. But the point is, your your it coming it comes from you, Mm -hmm. and so. So sovereignty is a really good way to look at this. And it also uh, is the foundation for And that translated into English is called beauty within. And the beauty element is not just um, the uh, wonderful things that are happening in your life. Uh, It's not an outcome. It's actually an internal process that you have to initiate Uh, In in this world of conscientious uh, well-being, there's these things called shadow work. Mm -hmm. So it's about really diving deep within yourself, looking at the shadows, looking at the life experiences that may have caused uh, some trauma in your life and addressing it. And I have different protocols in place for a person to go through that process of going internal, looking at these uh, elements within themselves find the beautiful things that that have happened as a result of that, and then coming out and then creating practical life experiences that will reinforce the healing process of letting go of those traumas and also really expanding into their life purpose. And so in Navajo traditions, we have to find the alignment between the things that have been unhealthy for us and the things that are healthy. It's a natural process in this conscientious world. We call these things polarities. Polarities exist, you know? So a good example of a polarity would be uh, right and wrong, good and bad. Uh, We also talk about our our heart and our mind. We talk about our spiritual body and our emotional body. Uh, It's represented in the universe in terms of Mother Earth and Father Sky. You know, you have the east, you have the west, you have the north, you have the south. So polarities are necessary and they exist. And in our Navajo traditions, polarity is the foundation for creation. And in order for creation to happen, creation meaning a thought, creation meaning a birth, meaning a cellular birth, meaning the birth of a star or even just a an awakening of yourself to a to a to a life experience any type of creation any type of manifestation it requires polarity and the alignment of polarity is when that moment of creation happens mm-hmm. and so in our Navajo traditions uh, we see ourselves always aligning to polarity and when that happens we find solutions, we find remedies, we find purpose, uh, we find ourselves performing at a higher, higher level. And so that's what Beate Jona is about. You know, Jona is to be beautiful in all of that. So when we're dealing with our shadow work, we gotta be beautiful in that, when we're doing the shadow work. It sounds a little bit uh, contradictory in that, How can I be really beautiful? How can I act beautiful? How can I be beautiful when I'm dealing with my traumas? The beautiful thing about that is you're being disciplined to do the technique, whatever that technique is, you know, whatever you may have learned uh, from a life coach or whatever you may learn from a technique from a uh, a wellness program. The beautiful, the beauty is that you're following through. You're being devoted to that practice. You're being devoted to that cycle and to that technique until you can fully engage into the outcome, which is to get an emotional release out of that. And once you have that, uh, then you can allow your body, allow your consciousness to then get to the third level, which is a spiritual awakening, a spiritual practice. So the primary two things that have to happen in your life is to look at personal development. How am I going to develop this body in a way that I can actually tangibly get into a practice, tangibly see the results, see the measurable results of the things that I'm doing, which will then lead to an emotional gratification, emotional uplifting process, emotional beautiful identity that you see with yourself, much more happier, much more lively, which will then ignite and trigger your spiritual moments of seeing a larger picture. So that's kind of how it works in terms of a spectrum.
1: Mm. Wow. Well, you said a lot of things there that I would love to unpack. Um, and, and so um, I want to go back though, to the part of just like the you know, using your your traditions, the Navajo traditions, and what you said about not you know selling them but using them in a modern way. And so, I'm wondering um, if you could talk a little bit about how you weave that into the work you're doing with the Zoni.
2: Yes, absolutely. Um, there's a one. There's a fundamental principle that we Navajo have about seeing ourselves or seeing another person. And that's the principle uh, called ehosen ehosin. ehosin. is uh, translated into English, meaning a place of knowing. That person knows themselves, you know, meaning that there's a physiological uh, uh, representation of that person in, in terms of how their body is, healthy body. They know themselves enough to be able to, to take care of their body. Um, there's a sense of intelligence that their body has uh, in order to be in that space. Uh, they have an emotional well-being to where they don't get triggered. They hold themselves very well. They express themselves from their heart very well. It holds in, you know, there's an intelligence, there's an emotional intelligence that they have that is very highly revered. And then there's the mental ability, their acuity, their mental ability to process things, their mental ability to see things, uh, to to create solutions, uh, and then they have a spiritualness about them. When you're just around them, you just feel vibrant. You feel like they have a sense of confidence and they have a sense of well-being. So there's a level of multiple intelligence that this individual carries. And it all has to do with a sense of knowing, a sense of being, just a real holistic divine sense of who they are. And that's what Ehozen is. And we understand that every element out there has that ability, that has that intelligence. Uh, the wind, for example, has a level of intelligence. Ehozen, it has its own demeanor, its existence. It has its own way of life in terms of how it comes into this world. The wind could be soft, the wind could be harsh, but there's a level of intelligence. It has its own spirit. Uh, same thing with water. Water has its own uh, knowing of, exist- of itself. You know, The water will flow different ways. The water will have a way of spiritually aligning with you. When you drink the water, it has its own identity. It has its own intelligence. And so this is really important to understand is that everything out there around us has a level of intelligence and has a level of existence. There's a spirit within it, and we are just attuning ourselves to these things that are around us. So that's really important to understand, and that's fundamentally important in Navajo traditions. Uh, there's no such thing as right or wrong. Um, we don't have um, we don't have words um, that that say I'm right in this situation or I'm wrong in this situation, or we say this is a bad situation or this is a good situation. Mm-hmm. We don't have words that describe those those words. So it's more about the essence, the intelligence, the spirit. The, the level of how we see ourselves in everything. Mm-hmm. So if we drink water and we're around water, if I align my intelligence, my I see myself in the water, then we begin to relate to the water at different levels, at different conscious levels, at different realms that give us a much more closer relationship to it. And that can be translated to our dilemmas and our problems. If we see that our problems have a level of intelligence and they have a level of spirit, even though we have chosen ourselves to compromise ourselves to be in that situation, even though we have put ourselves in that situation, or maybe it was pushed onto us, whatever your perception is, maybe it was placed on you, you know, somebody put you in that situation and became very unhealthy. That experience alone has an intelligence that if you look at it, you will learn a lot about yourself. You will learn a lot about uh, things that you may have done to compromise yourself to be in that situation. And then that intelligence will feed into your well being. You learn from that experience and then you breathe into it different practices. You learn your lessons. You let go of the trauma. You get into an emotional state of being, of seeing yourself larger than life. So that's kind of in a general sense of how we see things and how we operate things in that way.
1: Hmm. Sounds really beautiful. I'm wondering, like, can you speak a little bit more about maybe how might one begin connecting with those different elements? Like if there is it an element, like if they're attracted to water or the earth or is there like fire or is um, is there something that someone can do to really embody that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so a lot of these ways of how we relate to things in the Navajo traditions is we call them clans. You know, I mentioned, you mentioned in the introduction that I'm related to the white streak in Iraq and the mini goats. So energetically uh, in, built over centuries, the Navajo people have understood clans as a way of describing the spiritual essence of the individual. And these clans are representative of different elements within the universe. And so that automatically tells us that we have a practical DNA or we have a practical physiology relationship to these elements that are out there. Mm. So this is a form of what they call a zodiac in modern traditions. So depending on what gravitates to you and depending on how you see Uh, zodiacs in your life you have example our uh, astrology a lot of people get into the birthing astrology like i was born i was born in august so i'm a leo and so Mm -hmm. leos have a certain characteristic they have a certain way of life so you read into those zodiacs as to what energetically you're identified as well Mm -hmm. so that's one way that a person can really really learn and understand their relationship to these elemental things that are out there and these, these different zodiacs and different traditions have them. Uh, another one would be the Mayan calendar. A lot of people will use the Mayan calendar to determine their livelihood, their lifespan, and also it goes into details in terms of how elementals are related to them in that way. And some uh, people will use the chakras, you know, looking at the seven chakras. The seven chakras will talk about the different elemental representations within their body. And and it'll talk about how the body characteristics, the physiology is identified with that, which will lead into the energetic realms and eventually the the aura, which is the spiritual realm too as well. So there's all of these different modalities out there and these different ancestral teachings coming from different cultures and whatever resonates with you and whatever you choose to do and whatever you choose to follow, these elemental elements of earth, fire, water, and air, mother earth, father sky, all of these things will come into play as to how you see yourself and how you identify yourself with these elementals. And that's mm-hmm. a that traditions You traditions. Know, every human being who has walked on this earth, every ethnicity, every tribe that has walked on this earth, has at some point in time placed their hands on this earth and related to the earth related to the elements related to the stars you know all of us have all of our brothers and sisters have uh, lineage and ancestral ways of how they saw themselves with the universe and with these elementals. you just got to choose which one that you want to follow and you don't have to stick with it you can the more that you learn about yourself most likely, you'll be expanding and leaving that certain uh, teaching, that certain ancestor way, that certain modality, and then gravitate and go to another one. So, you know, that's, that's just the human experience is to ever expanding and ever to evolve.
1: So, there might be different elements that you resonate with at different stages or phases in your life or whatever you might be experiencing. It sounds like. So, if, if someone's going through, say, like a, a trauma, or you know, they're they're trying to transcend that shadow part of themselves, what would be a good practice for them to to do in in those ways to really connect with, say, the earth or water? Is there is there a specific practice that you recommend? Yeah,
2: absolutely. Um... Well, there, there'll be multiple approaches that I would work and I could use an example of maybe a session I do with uh, with my clients. And, um, the first thing that I do is I identify what the trauma is triggering for them. And there are, there are basically two things that will happen uh, to identify what this is. Uh, It may be a life experience, say, for example, maybe a separation, a divorce, a loss of a person through death, that this person will be explaining to me, this is what happened in this life experience. This is the life experience that I have. This is coming up a lot in my life. Uh, This, at the moment, has been the main thing in my life. So we, we take the journey of looking at that life experience, understanding what's that's going on, and then we identify two things what emotions are around that and how that affects their identity. So for example, I can use myself as an example. So the death of my father, my dad died. I was emotionally distraught. There was a sense of loss there. So the emotions that I was fearing were fear, uh, abandonment, loss in that sense. And then from that, it was affecting me in terms of my identity as a man you know, I don't have a mentor anymore. I don't have anyone that I can talk to who could um, help me with life experiences, you know. Mm -hmm. So the identity of being a man, you know, in this life, in this way, a man of the household, a man to, you know, as a father, a man as a professional. So the identity is the idea of being a man. And so we then, I then explore those things, and I start looking at those things and aligning those things using that polarity approach that I mentioned. And then next thing you know, I find out that I am related to these elemental things. So then I get into the personal care, which is doing things around water, for example, using water as a way of baptizing myself and cleansing and letting go of these emotions and rebirthing this new identity of being a man so a water therapy or water treatment could be ice baths hmm. ice baths really triggers you when you sit inside that <laughs> when you're in like 36 degrees of water talk about all of these emotional traumas of, of abandonment you can use that experience to filter out and push out those emotions and the longer that you're in the water the more that you become self sustaining the more strength that you have more emotional strength that you have mm-hmm. and then as you come out of the water then there's a baptism and you know you'll all that negative energies washing away from you mm-hmm. and so you come up with a with an identity of a new man uh, mm-hmm. you're on your own a sense of sovereignty you know mm-hmm. and i find out that my dad really isn't leaving me behind because he taught me all these things and i just have to live to the things that he taught me and he will never leave me he will always be here energetically or spiritually mm-hmm. And so that's kind of like the therapeutic approach in terms of how you can use some of these elementals. Mm-hmm. Another is just drinking water every day. You know, before you drink water, drink it in the morning. The first thing that you put into your mouth is water. Mm-hmm. And then we look at Dr. Emoto's teachings of water. So mm-hmm. before we drink in the morning, we say our prayer. You know, I I, I ask for a beautiful day. I ask for abundance in my life. Mm-hmm. I ask for all of these opportunities to be in my life. I ask for a day of productivity that my body will show up, uh, my attributes will show up, my characteristics will show up in a healthy way. So now you're speaking into the water and to Dr. Emoto's teachings, you're restructuring that water. And then now you drink it. Now you're breathing in the water, the newness into your body, which will cycle through your your body. Mm -hmm. So there's, you know, you can use different elementals But the idea, the applications of these elementals of earth, fire, water, and air is through therapies or personal care treatments. You know, that's the way to bring it into your life.
1: So really finding that personal connection, that makes a lot of sense. I think, I mean, just working with the water element, you know, it is like a very emotional element, you know, as it's flowing. And then like, but being able to, yeah, purify yourself. I know um, when I am you know, in a place I, you know, go in water and it just feels so cleansing and, you know, just beautifying and just releasing, you know, and it helps me to find my flow again, you know, get back into the flow of life and, and letting go. So, you know, and same with earth and like, I'm really connected with the earth element. So, you know, when I go out into nature or, at a park or wherever I can find, you know, find the tree or like some grassy area and just really ground down on that and really connect my roots to that. And so that can be just very, just very um, grounding and healing. So absolutely. I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about your experience with plant medicine and how you've used that for also maybe healing the shadow and going into some of those deeper places.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I tell people all the time that everyone is practicing plant medicine. Mm -hmm. You're practicing it. The kids are practicing it. Everyone is practicing plant medicine in the sense that we're looking at the plant kingdom and we're all having a salad. We're all having some form of plant-based meals. The thing that makes the difference is the conscientious approach that we have with that element or with that item. There's a spectrum that we follow. We have the everyday practical practical use of plants, mm-hmm. and then we have the plant spirit medicine, which is the mind altering uh substances that we eat that are plant based but they're all one person one perspective they all come from one area, one kingdom mm-hmm. so if you want to do a cleanse. There are a lot of teas out there that you can do to cleanse your gut, to heal your gut. Mm -hmm. You can actually put in a plant-based cleansing system of eating clean and getting out heavy proteins, meat proteins, and then replace it with plant proteins. That is working with plant medicine Mm -hmm. uh, to help cleanse your gut, to help uh, cleanse your body, to help cleanse the entire energetic element of of your existence. So you can do a 20-day cleanse with plant medicine, uh, you know, in, in that sense, in terms of a diet or a nutrition.
1: Are there uh, currently, c- sorry, yes. are there certain plants that you recommend for cleansing the gut?
2: Absolutely, there. Uh, there are so many out there um, that you can do. Um, one in particular would be uh, they call it bear root uh, in Navajo traditions. I'm looking at the the geography of where I come from. And um, depending on where you're growing up, see your body is is a manifestation of the environment that you grow up. So depending on the geography of where you're from, you want to be able to uh, reach out to that particular geography to retain um, the cleansing and how your body interacts so, in Navajo traditions, a Navajo and majority of us Navajos are coming from a very specific geography, a certain area where plants exist certain types of plants you know there's certain sage out there, there's certain teas, there's certain herbs, there's certain plant medicines that are out there that we use for personal care mm-hmm. uh, for dieting reasons, things like that and bear root is one of those mm-hmm. so we would turn that into a tea and and it won't be mind altering but it will help cleanse your body and things like that so mm-hmm. Uh, To my point, um, there's a lot of hypothecaries out there that people can have access to. Uh, Everybody is doing plant medicine at one way or another. Mm -hmm. Uh, The ones that most people are really interested in are the mind altering psilocybin type of plant medicine. So Mm -hmm. that's the only way that they see and understand that they're actually doing something around shadow work. But in reality, if you do a gut cleanse, you can actually metaphorically, meditation-wise, energetically work on your shadows by using and cleaning out your gut just through a 28-day dieta or a diet nutrition plan that you can get off of YouTube. There's so many of them Mm. out there. But uh, the other, of course, that we're talking about, which is the most common, is looking at plant medicine in terms of mushrooms. uh, uh, you know, peyote, um, ayahuasca, uh, yahe, um, all of these different plants that are, that create and mind altering um, uh, adjustment to be able to ascend you to a different level so that you can see things differently and experiencing things differently. Mm-hmm. So don't get caught up in the idea that there's just only one type of plant medicine There's a whole spectrum that we can use to deal with shadow work and adjust shadow work. Mm -hmm. A good example of using a 28-day or a 30-day diet, a whole plant-based diet with shadow work is you start losing weight, and that could be inspirational. Uh, The end result is you're losing weight, and then you can deal with your shadows. Maybe a shadow could be Mm self-confidence, and as you lose the weight, your body changes. It loses the weight and you're getting more confidence in your ability. Maybe you overlap that with a uh, a physical fitness program as you do the whole plant-based diet that you're starting to see your body gain muscles. So now you have uh, more health. Uh, Maybe then you integrate uh, Epsom salt baths into that process. Now you're adding the elemental elements of water. And so everybody is always using plant-based therapies, uh, plant-based approach to deal with their shadow work. Mm-hmm. People just have to understand that it's not just doing the psychedelics, it's right. the everyday meals that you can do as well.
1: Absolutely. Cause plants are medicine. Plants are, you know, I, food is medicine and I think plants, you know, we, have a relationship with those plants and as we build that relationship we're going to receive what we need to from them and i know for me like whenever i've done a cleanse or you know and i'm i've been plant-based for a very long time now and you know when i do maybe juice cleansing or do you know just whole foods plant-based um very clean eating I, I tend to lose, you know, yeah, weight and I, you know, will cleanse through some of the toxins, but then that emotional release starts to happen too, because then I start to go through, you know, that some of that darker stuff that will come up naturally as you are going through that cleansing process.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And, and so I'm wondering too, like if you could talk about the dietus. Um, so you mentioned that. And I've the way I've understood it is eating one plant and really forming a relationship with that one plant for an extended period of time. And it sounds like um there might be, you know, other ways to do it, maybe a, um all plant based, or is that what I was understanding? Can you talk a little bit more about, about that?
2: Yeah. Um, A dieta or a diet, a dieta comes from our brothers and sisters in South America, the Brazilian, the Peruvian, those individuals out there. It's just a word that they use. It's within their language, which is dieta, Spanish word. Uh, Translate that to English. It's just your diet. So uh, a dieta, you can do a dieta around something as simple as mint tea. And so what that happens is you're creating a reverent and emotional and a psychological deeper relationship with that plant in that time frame that you're doing it. So, a good example is if you do a week long dieta with mint, you can put it in your salad as a whole leaf product, you can do it as a tea. There's different ways that you will work with it. What makes it a healing experience is if you look deeper into it. Uh, So maybe you start looking at what are the healing properties you can get on the internet and Google healing properties of mint. Now you're reading about these different healing properties. Now Now you're opening a level of intelligence. The plant is opening its intelligence through you through these different resources. Maybe you go and do a Chinese medicine directory and you find out that mint has certain healing properties. So now as you go through the dieta, it's seven days that you're opening your consciousness to the level of the intelligence of the plant through the different activities that you're doing. Mm -hmm. And you may find out that uh, the healing properties of mint uh, target certain parts of your body. So now you start looking at your body From an energetic uh, anatomy, uh, you look at your organs, what does that represent? And there are different energetic anatomies out there that talk about the body and what different parts of the body and different organs mean from a physiological, philosophical perspective. So now you're opening that book and you can do that for seven days. So just taking something as simple as mint understanding the healing properties there's an intelligence that will open up and then you start taking it you start drinking it and then you start adding it to different parts of your meal Mm -hmm. so that's an example of a dieta so Mm -hmm. it could be any plants that are out there it could be doing juicing celery eating celery carrots same thing as well or it could be even something as mind altering as palo santo there's a lot of uh, Microdosing that uh, different people have out there, different uh, naturopathic doctors will have these different uh, microdosings of psilocybin that is offered. Um, so it doesn't matter what the plant is, it's the intention that you create over an amount of time to discover the intelligence of that plant and how you're integrating that into your own life. That's mm. the whole point of a dieta. Mm.
1: Thank you for sharing that. And it sounds like really, yeah, the intention behind it and also, yeah, the relationship that we're building we can create with these plants and recognizing that, you know, they're just energetic, they're energetic as we are. And they're, you know, when we can tune into their energy, we can learn about them and how they can truly support our journey. And I'm wondering if we, if you could talk a little bit more about maybe some of the um, more mind-altering plant substances or the plant medicines um, that we can use on our journey to work through some of the shadow work and and how you've um, used that.
2: Yeah, what I'm familiar with is what I grew up with. Uh, In this case, it's uh, grandfather medicine, peyote. Um, and then there's other elements like ayahuasca that I'm familiar with too, as well. San Pedro's another element too, as well. Um, the mind altering drugs are very much aligned to the areas that they're coming from, the geography. You have to recognize the geography, which is the roots, where the roots come from, where the plant is being grown. The land base, the land base is really important to understand because that's where the plant. Through its root system, is receiving the minerals. It's also receiving the energetic elements from that particular location. So that's really important to understand. And any uh, uh, mind-altering plants that you're 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 going to pursue is understanding that where is it being, uh, where is it being, where is it being harvested from? Uh, because where it's being harvested from, there's an environment that supports it. It's drawing and it's creating. Its level of intelligence and existing from a very specific place, mm. very much like you and I. If we were born into New York City, then we're going to be attuned to New York City, but mm. we may be moving later in life to a different location. You know, say uh, you, to Colorado, there's a huge energetic difference and a physiological difference, environmental difference between New York and Colorado. But you, but you have to know that that's where you know, Ron Interpreter originally came from uh, as, you, as an example, it's from New York City. So there's an energetic element, there's a life pattern, there's a way that, that New York provides that sense of who I am. Then I get moved to a different location and then I have a different experience there as well. Same thing with plants. The, geogoth- the geological location of where they're from is really important to understand because you're introducing yourself to that element, to that region, to that location. Mm -hmm. So that's really important to understand. Um, Plant medicine, um, depending on what you take uh, uh, from from the experiences that I've had, the ayahuasca, for example, the grandmothers, the the reason why they call it the grandmothers is because it creates a motherly response. There's a motherly response when you take that. So when you think of a mom, you always think of somebody that's nurturing, that's fostering, that grounds you into a very, very place of knowing. But also a mom will discipline you. You know, mom's discipline is really deep compared to dad disciplining you. You know, mom, mother's uh, discipline is very deep. It's very soulful and you will experience it uh, much more stronger than you would in any other situation. So. When you take the ayahuasca and if you, you choose to do shadow work, your experiences are going to be really deeply felt and very, very, um, very uh, energetically altered in that way. So you have to look at the characteristics of that medicine. So for me, uh, ayahuasca seems to be the realm's uh, medicine for a lot of shadow work, really deep healing. Uh, it also cleanses the body too, as well. Um, peyote on the other hand they call it grandfather which is father sky it's more of an ascendance process you don't get that really deep um, uh, experience with uh, as you as you would with ayahuasca uh, fa- uh, father peyote kind of brings you up to a higher ascendance looking at more of the upper chakras to process information to be uh, to higher your sense of acuity your sense of well-being at a much more higher level to see your your shadows, to see solutions more in this higher level. Whereas the ayahuasca, it's very in the lower chakras to really ground you in that experience. Um, So look at the characteristics and the healing properties of these two medicines, and they'll help you as you go into your experience, what to expect and how to work with that particular medicine.
1: Now, you mentioned just the coming from different regions, and so I'm wondering, like, because it's become a very popular subject in most recent years, you know, just as far as, like, wanting to raise consciousness, and, and I know, I mean, it's been around for a while, but you're just, it's coming into, like, the research and, you know, a lot of different things, and some, you know, are legalizing it, and so... I'm wondering what your take on that is and how it's becoming more and more prevalent in our world today.
2: I, I have mixed feelings around it, uh, but ultimately I do see the benefits. I see that it's a it's a it's a movement, it's a consciousness of opening a much more deeper relationship, a much more organic natural pathology of providing therapies for an individuals to to expand themselves rather than working on manufactured products and manufactured um, remedies for the individual to take, which would be contradictory to the natural uh, cycle, the natural physiology, the cellular structure of the body. Your natural pathologies align the body, they restructure the cellular structure of the, of the body. So you're only enhancing the person's ability. So from that perspective, I really understand and I totally support it. Um, there are many things behind that question. Is it appropriate? Is it not appropriate? Um, looking at it from a humanity standpoint, meaning there's no ethnicity, but us as individuals, us as a species, in relationship to other species, the animal kingdom, the plant kingdom, and the universe. From a humanity standpoint, there is a huge shift that's happening right now in terms of humanity's consciousness. We're moving back to remedies and a way of life that are more indigenous-based, tribal-based. We're moving out of that high vibe um, Western philosophy uh, at one point in time and it still continues and it still happens but at one point in time human consciousness started accessing a lot of the yoga a lot of the western the chinese medicines the different therapies everybody was gravitating towards that wanting to have that as part of their lives the martial arts all of these things were at one point in time the choice therapy or the choice approach to look at your consci- consciousness and develop it and also your physiology. Well, what's happening now is people are now wanting and more of an indigenous-based and earth-based approach, a natural pathology approach to their uh, well-being from a mental, emotional, and a spiritual well-being. So who are they going to go to? Well, they're going to go to a lot of the indigenous traditions, a lot of the um, Uh, earth-based traditions um, to access this information, to access these theologies, to access these different uh, medicinal plants. And so now you're having a huge uh, shift of populations of people wanting to access their ayahuasca experience, their peyote experience, um, their different therapies that are offered from from indigenous tribes. And so the behavior of that goes into consumerism. Mm -hmm. So now people are not really taking the time and the energy to understand ancestral teachings from these. So a person could go to an ayahuasca experience not giving themselves an opportunity to learn the history of the medicine, to learn the ancestral ways of how these medicines exist they just go for a weekend. They have this euphoric experience and now some of them become practitioners, but leave out the ancestral teachings. They live out the ancestral relations. They may not work with uh, somebody who has a lineage within that tradition to learn about the medicine that is all left out. So now we get into consumerism, uh, the philosophy and the behaviors around, I just wanna consume this for the betterment of who I am. And I'm then gonna integrate that into my social structure, into my economic structure, to be able to, it to, for it to benefit me. So we lose out that ancestral ways. We lose that discipline and that longevity of how a person needs to have multiple years of understanding the intelligence of this medicine, have a reverence for it before they could actually offer it or even you know, have a place of a knowing to how to use and be with the medicine. Mm -hmm. so that's the part where i have uh some cautiousness and some dilemma as to um you know what is being lost and and how people are coming to it from that perspective and uh, you have that all the time out there Uh, i've been uh, aware and it has been brought to my attention that you know some of my clients come to me and they said yeah i did an ayahuasca i'm much more I'm, I'm worse than I was before. This is what happened. This is what I found out about this particular individual. And then you have, you can see on the internet, you see all of these invitations of retreats that are out there, and where people are accessing these spirit medicines. Um, I'm not sure what the, what the, um, the the protocols are there for. I, I honestly don't know what it is, and I honestly haven't looked into it. However, looking at this energetic shift, a lot more people are now wanting to access indigenous ways, uh, these altering medicines. I do encourage people to look more deeply into it and really understand what this plant is really about and also to develop a longevity relationship. So it goes back to what I tell my clients. You can create therapies in your life to where you're creating a lifestyle which is the next trend or the next thing that you want in your life. Or you can bring these therapies in your life to create a life practice. Mm -hmm. There's a huge energetic difference and there's a huge psychological and emotional uh, connection between a life trend, a lifestyle, and a life practice. Mm -hmm. There really is a distinction. So Mm -hmm. I really encourage people to create a life practice.
1: that's really um there's a lot there because i think you know coming in from the western mindset yeah that consumerism that more is better that you know that whole i shift or that whole mindset and so shifting into a different consciousness and recognizing you know working with the plants in a deeper meaningful way really is um you know to shift that the energy of how, how we truly relate to the plant. And so someone coming from a, a Western perspective, you know, what would be the first thing you would suggest that they do to truly develop that relationship and learn more about that in a deeper way? Uh,
2: most people from the Western traditions follow a protocol of a healing protocol that requires them to go to some form of authority, uh, a doctor, a physician, uh, whatever you have that is out there depending on the type of healing you wanna do. So I would look into going to a natural pathologist to be able to understand what these medicines are about, to really understand what it is that they're going through. The other thing that I would like to do, like to encourage people to do, is not to just go into it fully for the weekend. Mm-hmm. The motivation to do it is coming from somewhere.
0: Mm-hmm. What
2: is that trauma that is initiating you or allowing you to access this particular therapy, this particular mm-hmm. approach? Get familiar with that trauma, get familiar with that shadow work by using other therapies, other techniques, and other modalities. Get a really solid understanding of why you're doing this. Where is this coming from? And then access the therapy, access the uh, uh, the plant medicine. Because once you do that, once you fully, to the extent that you can, to understand what is bothering you, you can then go into that into that experience, and have a much more deeper, a much more quicker resolution, mm-hmm. rather than what they say. This is, and this is happening right now is. People are chasing the medicine. They're chasing the next medicine experience. They'll have an ayahuasca experience, they'll have a peyote experience, they'll have a San Pedro experience, they'll have a combo experience, they'll have all of these different plant medicines experiences, and then they'll have another one. Then they'll have another one. Then they'll have another one. And they, they're chasing the medicine, you're chasing that experiences which will lead to a sense of consumerism. So you're not allowing yourself to be able to Uh, get the remedies that you want and the solutions that you want Hmm. in all indigenous traditions in every indigenous traditions these elements are only to aid us they don't become a practice they only aid us the practice is yourself you got to be able to optimize your body's own ability to heal You got to optimize your body's own immune system to be able to remedy these things in your life. Mm -hmm. You are the medicine. You are the reason that you exist. So you got to do everything you can first to allow your body to train your body, to teach your body, to optimize these processes. Mm -hmm. So a good example is breathwork. When you do holotropic breathwork, you can actually have the same experiences as you would in ayahuasca in terms of ascending your consciousness and allowing your body to get to a higher level of existence just by doing breath work. Mm -hmm. And then when you're in that state, integrate a protocol that allows you to do shadow work. Mm -hmm. So people have to understand that you, you only access these medicines if it's only absolutely necessary. The primary focus of seeing yourself as medicine is the objective, is Mm -hmm. the purpose in life. Mm -hmm. So optimize your own body's function and its ability to process these energies, to process these traumas. Mm -hmm. Meditation is another example of how we can actually go deeper into the shadow work by meditating by developing our own higher sense of consciousness without the medicine. Mm -hmm. Uh, Looking at dietas as an example, to cleanse the gut, to cleanse the blood system will help us relieve those emotional tensions that will make us more uh, fluent and more appropriate and proficient to handle emotional stress. Mm -hmm. So we gotta look at ourselves as medicine first and get out of this idea that we have to consume something in order for us to uh, be efficient in life. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the medicine, these plant medicines, for us indigenous people is the last result. Mm -hmm. It's not the primary uh, remedy uh, to uh, get the solutions we want. Mm
1: Thank you for sharing that. I think that sounds so beautiful, you know, that, you know, we are the medicine that comes back to our sovereignty, right? And so I think in that, what in the Western, you know, traditions and culture and mindset, you know, it's um, outside of, you know, a lot of people are that have that external focus and, you know, our you know, our pharmaceutical industry, the, well, the pharmaceutical industry, you know, is a big, you know, um, factor in that, you know, oh, here's a pill, take that, you know, it, it'll make you better. And so I think that comes into play with, yeah, the plant medicine where, you know, it's outside, I'm going to take this and, you know, that's going to be the, the remedy. But finding other ways also and recognizing there are that, yeah, like breath work. And um, I actually just spent... All last week, I went to a Joe Dispenza advanced retreat, um, most life-changing, you know, event that I've been to ever, Um, but I just spent like 36 hours in deep, deep meditation, and I came back just feeling so high on life I was just my vibration was high I was just like energized I you know I learned these meditations to open up my pineal glands and you know just my all my chakras were just like and they still are I still feel the vibration from that but that's just another example of you know it doesn't you don't we don't have to go to the plant medicines but it's a tool on the journey uh, a tool that we can use if um, needed to maybe Go deeper to where maybe sometimes even those blind spots um, we can't always see, or maybe there's a, a situation you know that might we might need some some support with. But um, I love that you 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 said that we are the medicine. That is just such a beautiful part um, opening. You know you know when we really connect to that message, that that's really beautiful, um, yeah, really powerful. So thank you. Thank you. That, yeah. So, um, so Ron, um, is there anything um, else that you would like to leave our listeners with that we haven't that you haven't shared or um, anything about um, any last final thoughts?
2: Uh, it might be just more of a summary of what we discussed today, and uh, going back to our modality that I teach, which is Beijijona and uh, ending with the idea that we are the medicine. You know, there's an intelligence that our body carries from the cellular structure all the way up to the physiology that, that we have right now. And in that, there's an intelligence to help heal ourselves. And we got to start with that first. Uh, got to start looking at how we have to optimize our body and our body's ability to function in a very healthy way. And only use uh, external uh, remedies as a solution for what we can do for ourselves and really push our body to the limit to create its own intelligence and its own healing. And uh, so there's an automated system that we have and our body is medicine. You know, There's a level of intelligence that's so beautiful and we got to spend more time uh, uh, getting familiar with our body and what it can actually do for us. Um, and then uh, just uh, just to reiterate uh, what we talked about earlier, and that you know there's a conscientious shift that humanity is having. and um, you know we got to be able to see ourselves larger than our own existence, you know, larger than our own own personal life and our relationships to family, that we are on this conscientious shift, that humanity is moving forward. It's ever expanding. And it's getting connected to the natural earth, the natural remedies that are out there. And so we got to bring it into our personal care. We got to bring it into our life. We got to bring it into our way that we see things. And we got to bring it into the way that we relate to the world and and have a deeper and a much more conscientious understanding. Uh, So we gotta, you know, we gotta be encouraged that humanity is moving in
1: this direction. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. And so tell our listeners how they can find you and what you're currently working on.
2: I don't advertise for my work. Um, It's all um, referrals. Uh, But if you want to learn a lot about me, uh, I was encouraged to create a social media page on Facebook and also on, um, on Instagram. I'm not actively involved in that. <laughs> it's, it's just something that isn't really in my premise, but I do have ways that people can reach out to me uh, through Instagram. Just look at Ron Interpreter and you'll find me and um, just send a message. Um, uh, Facebook, there's, uh, there's a place that you can reach me. Um, so those are probably the two primary places um, that individuals can, can reach out to me for using um, personal life coaching, and also to attend our, our events and our retreats. Um, I also do business consulting. Uh, I help people develop their businesses. I have uh, had naturopathic doctors who came to me for personal development, and now I'm working with their business to develop their businesses. I've worked with different executives and different companies. Um, so business development is something that I do. I'm also involved in film production. Uh, if you have the chance, uh, look at The Watchman's Canoe, which is on Amazon.com. Uh, I help produce films, and I'm also uh, a business owner with architecture. Uh, I help develop uh, residential and commercial uh, uh, buildings uh, using my architecture business. So, you know, that's how a person can get a hold of me is just through social media.
1: Okay. Wonderful. And we will add all of those to the show notes so people can find you really easily. So, well, thank you, Ron, so much for being here today and just sharing your wisdom and experience with us. And so thank you for listening to our show. Stay tuned for more episodes being released on Mondays at 5.55 AM Mountain Standard Time. And if you've enjoyed listening to our show, we would love a five-star written review on iTunes And of course, share the love by sharing it with your friends. If you want to support the work that we're doing, please consider making a donation to our show by visiting our Patreon website at patreon.com forward slash be the love podcast. And until next time, love yourself, love each other and love the world. Love you. We at Be The Love Podcast are honored to be supporting the Komodi Foundation, which is a nonprofit organization in Uganda that is working to build a school that will promote and support healthcare, education, skills development, feeding the hungry, human rights, and environmental defenders. Their goal is to work with young mothers and single mothers, street children, and vulnerable families who lack nurture as they guide them to become productive individuals, which will lead to a productive generation. Please see our show notes on how to become a donor, mentor, volunteer, or sponsor.
2: Thank you, Heather Lynn, for providing us with your beautiful song to accompany our show, Be
1: the Love. If you would like to learn more about Heather Lynn and her music, please visit her website at heatherlynmusic.com. And thank you, Chrissy Grace
2: at Leading Edge Productions for the beautiful design and graphics.
1: And thank you for tuning in. And until next time, we are souls on the journey. And thank you for hopping on the Ascension bus with us. And remember, there is always a seat for you.